This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quality Time. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I'm Anthony Nicolosi, basking in the glory of that intro. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my first time hearing it, actually, so I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, you picked the topic for this week. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So, for the listeners who tuned in last week, we talked skill-based matchmaking. We said we'd get your feedback throughout the week, and we did. We got a ton of great feedback from you guys, and then we talk skill-based matchmaking again for a part two this week. However... We lied <laughs> because we big liars. We are pivoting. We are pivoting because uh, this past week, not just this past week, past couple of weeks, Skyler's been going ham on Valorant. And of course, right now in the gaming community, in the sphere, gaming sphere of things, Valorant's a big deal. A lot of people are playing it. And then there's a lot of people who are just, I think, generally curious about it. Me kind of falling under that category. And uh, thought we would take the opportunity that while it's hot on Skyler's brain, we ask him a little bit about it we we sort of interview yeah. you a little bit and get your thoughts about it we'll actually touch on skill-based matchmaking because you've been playing the new ranked mode so yep. we'll ask you a little bit about that too but um yeah you want to start with just kind of giving people an overview of what valorant is the gameplay yeah, so as well too. valorant is made by riot the people who make league of legends which i want to throw up every time i realize i'm playing a riot game and enjoying it but it's fine <laughs> um so uh Basically, it's a free-to-play game that is very, very, not loosely based off of, like, basically exactly copied from CSGO and counter the original Counter-Strike. So that means it is a round-based FPS game where one team is attack and one team is defense. The attacking team has to plant what is called the Spike, which is essentially a bomb, on the um, def- on one of the sites on the map. Um, which the defending team is trying to prevent them from doing. If either team kills the entire other team before the spike is planted, then the round ends with that team winning. If the spike gets planted, then there's like four conditions. If um, the attackers kill all the defenders, then they just win. If the defenders kill all the attackers, they also need to defuse the spike to win. And uh, there's a round time, right? And the, if the round time runs out, the attacking team loses. Unless they've planted, then the attacking team will win because the spike will explode, right? And defusing the spike takes, uh, I believe, eight seconds. And so, um, and I think it, it beeps for like 40 seconds to a minute or something. So the attackers have to defend for a while, and then the defenders have to kill all the attackers and defuse the spike before that it explodes, basically. Um the big gimmick Valorant adds to this this formula. Oh, and also another classic thing of Counter-Strike is this economy management, this money management aspect. Basically, at the beginning of the round, you go into a buy menu and you can buy various things. You buy shields, you buy um, different guns, and everyone has access to the same guns. It's just based on your money, what you can afford. You can also buy for your teammates if one person has a lot of money. Um, the thing Valorant adds to the CSGO formula, which is actually really exciting to me and is one of the reasons why I think I really enjoy this game, is that it adds like hero abilities to all of the characters. They're called agents in this game. So think of Overwatch, basically. Every character has um, three abilities and an ultimate. Um, and the characters are pretty unique and the abilities are very interesting. Um, just... One small, one example, just to give you an idea, there's a character, one of the classic characters is called Phoenix. He's got 
His uh, first ability is these flash grenades. He or flash like yeah grenades he can throw. Um, basically, like you hit Q to bring it up, and then you can left click to throw one and have it curve left, and right click to throw one and have it curve right. And he has gets two of those per round, assuming you buy all of them. Then the next thing he has is a wall. He has this flame wall he can shoot up down like an area to block off sight. He also heals when he stands in any of his fire abilities, so he can heal in the flame wall. And then every character has what's called a signature ability, which is usually uh, by default on their E. The signature ability is cool because for most characters, it like refreshes over the course of the round, which means you can use it again later. You only and you don't have to buy it. You get one for free every round. You can buy more to start with more of them, but when you run out, it will eventually refresh for most characters. Uh, Phoenix's is a, like a Molotov that hit, fireball he throws and it hits the ground and it burns the ground. He can also stand in it to heal again. And then he has his ultimate, where he becomes a clone of himself and can run forward and kill people. And then whenever his clone dies or expires, he goes back to his original position. So he basically gets like a second life. And that's just one of the characters. So um, you can see how much depth there is already just from that one character. Right. Um, um, so big things about the game are like these yep. agent designs, this like general formula of um, winning rounds via this uh, spike mechanic. Basically, it's the first to 13 wins. And you switch after half. So you play 13 rounds, one team attack, one team defense. Then you switch and play the remain- remainder until a team has won. So, like, a team could go 12-1 and one in the first thing. And then, um, sorry, you play 12 rounds and then switch. A uh, team could go, like, 12-1 and one or 12-0 and oh or whatever. And then win one round on the other side and win the whole game. Cool. Interesting. Um, let, where, let's, let's see. What are your... What are the top two favorite things about the game that you like so far? You just—that was a great overview. What are the top two things that stand out to you? You, you I think one of them would be the the classes, the, the agent abilities. abilities. Yeah, they're right. really interesting. I I really appreciate the design of a lot of these characters. They all bring like very unique aspects to the table. Like none of the characters feel that similar. Um, I'm just excited for them to add more. Honestly, I wish there were a, a wider variety because there's I believe ten right now. Um, and it's a 5v5 game, so right, so most of them will be represented every game. I mean, you can have duplicates on either team. Oh, and just one thing, this isn't like what Overwatch was. I don't know if this is what Overwatch is right now. They change all the time, but you once you pick someone, you're that person for the whole match. You don't get to like change between rounds or whatever. Um, but gotcha. yeah, these abilities are so cool. Like um, my my favorite character, um, even though she's like considered one of the worst characters, but it's fine. I hope she'll get buffed at some point. Is this character called Viper? She um her first ability is this like poison ground that she can shoot. And when it lands, it like explodes and it poisons. It damages people if they're standing in it. Simple ability. Her second ability is a uh, like grenade she throws that lands on the ground, and then she can activate it to create a like poison bubble um, that like blocks vision. It's sort of like a smoke grenade, but she can activate it and then deactivate it and then activate it later. She has like a special mechanic, a toxic meter, and as she uses her abilities, her toxic meter goes down and then recharges when she's not using her abilities, and then she can reactivate most of them. Her Q, she can reactivate, that's the grenade, and then her E is this like big wall. She can throw from almost across the map and like cover a whole huge area of the map, and then when you activate it, it like blocks sight um, for a huge area of the map, and then you can deactivate and activate again later, so it's really cool. Her abilities like persist over the round. Her ultimate is like the thing that originally made me want to play her. Her um, ultimate creates this big area. It expands out from where she uses it. And then it creates this like poison like cube basically that she's inside. 
Um, she doesn't take any damage in it, but when enemies are in any of her poison abilities and the ultimate damages them the most, they get decayed, which means their health goes down. If they leave, they get, their health goes back up, but they can decay all the way down to one. And you decay pretty fast in her ult, which means that like if someone comes into the ult and I 1v1 them, I'm likely to win because they're at lower health than me. Um, mm-hmm. In addition, they get highlighted super brightly in her ult. Whereas they can't see like her easily in the ult because it's like this green like mist that you're inside. So that's really fun. Oh, and it lasts forever. As long as she's standing in it, it never goes away. So you can basically hold an entire site with it the whole round that you have it. Um, you don't get your ult every round though. You have to get kills or rounds to get your ult. Um, and then if she leaves, it'll go away eventually. So it's really cool. Interesting. Okay. So hero abilities is one. Is there, what's the oh, next yeah, thing? Second favorite thing. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm. Do you like the guns? Do you like how the gun I plays? Like the, I mean, the gun. That's what was my first thought. The guns feel really good. Like shooting them feels great. Um, the design of the guns I really like, even though I get killed by them all the time. Like basically the way. Yeah, I think it's probably the guns and the economy management. I think is really interesting. Like, oh yeah, you know what? What it is 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 like the stra- strategic gameplay, like the macro gameplay. I find really interesting. There's been multiple times where I've been playing where I keep like dying because I'm not winning one v ones and shootouts. But I'm like, I should really just be a coach for this game because I feel like I have a way better understanding of the strategy than I am good at the shooting part. Um, yeah, the macro gameplay is super interesting. Like when you should all buy your weapons versus when you should save, like not buy out so that you'll purposefully lose around so you get more money the next round so that you can all buy like better weapons because if you all buy like down to zero money then the next round you're you, you only get like a specific amount of money every round plus money per kills and more and if you stay alive you can keep your guns and everything so it economy management is super important and also just like the macro gameplay of knowing where to defend who should go where or if you're attacking whether you should like fake push a site use abilities on it but then rotate to the other site like there's just a lot of interesting team-based gameplay that i really enjoy it's the same reason why i really like dota for the team-based gameplay as well i think that macro gameplay that strategy really appeals to me so as listening to you and then you yourself even said it this sounds it's so similar to csgo outside of the uh hero abilities this is literally csgo with overwatch heroes is how i would describe it um now do you prefer the way the economy management and gunplay happens in valorant over csgo or not necessarily honestly i would say they're essentially identical okay the only difference is that you buy abilities in Valorant, but you can buy like extra gadgets in CSGO, which aren't available in Valorant, like flash grenades and stuff like that. Like your abilities sort of have replaced that. So like really, it's almost exactly equivalent. It like the main difference is that you're playing on different maps, although all the people use the like the same callouts for all the maps as they used in CSGO, even though that's not the actual names of the places. If you look on the mini map, you still call things like showers <laughs> and U-Haul, even though that's like not what they're called in this game. Um and yeah so the maps are different obviously um and then the uh the abilities yeah okay so so for you to like the hero abilities i know that means they've got to be balanced well like if the hero abilities were shit and balanced like crap you probably wouldn't be playing this game um definitely so do you feel are there any heroes that are like overpowered right now I would you, not say you feel that anyone is super broken. There are definitely ones that are better or worse than other characters. Like, for example, there's a character called Sage. She's like the healing character. She has a heal ability and a her ultimate revives an ally. 
if you're playing seriously, like you, there's really no reason to go into a match without having a sage on your team. And I think that's like a strong sign of a poor balance decision, right? Like if there's an operator or an agent that is a hundred percent necessary to like, uh, win, cause otherwise you're basically any round she has her ult, you're playing six V five, um, in a way. So. Right. Like, she's essentially 100% necessary, so either they need to add more agents that have, like, supporting, like, healing or reviving, something similar, so that she's not always necessary, or she needs to not be so valuable. But that resurrection is just so valuable that there's no way you can really run without her if you want to be serious. Um, the other really strong characters are, uh, there's this character called Raze who has these big explosion abilities that, like, are by, do way more damage than any other character's abilities in the game and do it really fast, um, I, if I were going to nerf any character, she's the character I would nerf. Her abilities just do way too much damage. Um, but honestly, like, these are, like, minor complaints as far as balance goes. I think overall the balance is pretty good for a game that's in, like, beta. I'm right. pretty impressed. What, uh, do you have any, do you know when the release date is? Have they said anything about it's that? Summer 2020. Run- summer 2020. Okay, So cool. probably soon, within the next probably three months, right? Right. Interesting. Um... And it's gonna I be even, free to play, so like anyone can play it, right? It's all uh, cosmetics are the unlocks. It's like League of Legends, right? So you won't start with all the agents. You can either purchase them or unlock them by just playing the game. And then there's gonna be a bunch of cosmetics that you either have to buy, and then there's gonna be like a battle pass where you can earn different cosmetics instead. Interesting. Um, dang it! I had I had something in mind and it just slipped. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what we were talking about? No, we're talking about fine. the release date. We were talking about the release date. Here, I'll just ask you something else that was already on my mind to ask you. What do you think of the art style? Okay, yeah. So, when I first saw the art style for Valorant, I like was like, this game looks like fucking garbage. Like, <laughs> it looks so bad. It's just, it makes me sad how bad it, it like looks initially. But, upon playing it, I have to be honest, the visual clarity in the game is really, really good. This, like, super simple kind of like quote-unquote bad art style has actually created the system where it's really easy to see enemies really easy to see abilities it's easy to see what's going on like it's easy to read a situation read a map area like i think that the art style really caters to the game if it was like hyper realistic it may look way cooler but it would also be a lot harder to see things and for like a game that's not supposed to be like this like sweaty ass game even though it kind of is because it's a csgo clone but um a game that wants to cater to like new people getting into the game this art style works perfectly yeah there's you know uh, there's been articles that have come out that you know talk about Riot's, Riot's ambition to have this be able to run across a wide variety of hardware. As right, well. that was another thing. Yeah, so yeah, it runs super smoothly. I have it on like all max settings, and it runs perfectly. So Though that art style, l- l- less uh, less polygons to less triangles to draw. <laughs> Not sure. No, yeah, it's true. And honestly, like the ability animations, like work well for what they are like they communicate what they're doing like the visual communication is really really good and i think that's what what makes me okay with the art style gotcha no i remember what i was going to ask you um not even it wasn't really even asking not even playing the game just kind of following uh people from other communities that i follow on twitter like halo call of duty people who are trying it out watching Um, on twitch watching them on twitch they called out raise that's what i was gonna say they said oh really yeah there's like they said that if you're good with raise you're not even good (laughs) yep yeah i i like just say people play raise if they don't know how to aim because you just throw her grenades and shoot her rocket launcher and get free kills 
<laughs> Seems like my kind of person. Uh, <laughs> uh, cool. So, who do you think this game is for? Like, if you're a CSGO guy, would you want to play this game? Or is it different enough that you think this is hitting a different demographic? Yeah, that's really an interesting question. So, I think... Uh, the main okay, so I'm not I played CS:GO, but not like seriously enough to be a CS:GO guy. But I would say that like the reason a CS:GO player would not play Valorant is because the map variety is very low. There's only three maps. There's gonna be four at launch. Um, that's pretty low. Like that's not that many maps for a CS:GO player because there's a lot of maps in CS:GO, and I think they like the variety and like the meta game of banning and picking maps. Um, so that would be one of the reasons I think they would maybe want to wait till the game's more developed. But as far as like the feel of the game, the gunplay, all of that, I feel like it's just CSGO, but better because you have these interesting abilities that make your characters unique, which CSGO did not have, right? CSGO doesn't have this like unique character ability thing. Everyone's the same just based on, except for what they buy. So I think now on the flip side, yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I was just going to move on to like what you were saying. Like, who is this for? Um, it's interesting to me because like, I see a lot of people in my games who are clearly like playing it like they're playing like Fortnite, right? They're just there to like run around and get kills. And that's not like how you play this. Like, like I said, the interesting part to me is this meta strategy, this macro game. And so when there are people on my team like that, they make me tilt because I'm just like, this kid is just trying to play fucking team <laughs> deathmatch in a like, you know, objective based game. Um, and so I think that observation has made me realize, like, this game is not for those people who just want to run around and play Team Deathmatch. And maybe they'll realize that eventually, or maybe not. Or maybe they'll add that kind of mode. I could totally see Riot adding, like, a Deathmatch mode or a gun game mode where you're doing more than just this objective-based gameplay or whatever. So, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like it's for... I honestly do feel like it's for, like, people like me and people who have similar, like, game interests to me. People who like strategy games and, like, FPSs but are like sick of battle royales and don't want to go ham and play a game from like 2008 CS:GO. <laughs> right. Um now uh real quick on the last thing you mentioned say a person like me who 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 generally does not really enjoy like class-based games like I like not being having to be limited to my class you know we've had that whole conversation before do you think that's a a, a thing maybe a csgo player wouldn't want to do because you were mentioning that some of the ability some of the things that you could do in csgo like purchasing some of the gadgets right is what they're called like the flash grenades and all that kind of stuff are let's say kind of functionally equivalent to some of the abilities that the play that the characters have in valorant so would you potentially see that as a thing? Like instead of like in another version of the game, CSGO gives me the ability to buy Vipers. Right, right. Whatever, Buying the grenade, abilities. Yeah. And no, you, I think the constraints right. are really interesting. And maybe that's like just a different opinion. But I always think constraints make games more interesting because now you have a more carved out role, right? Like you are the one who gets to place this wall and do this thing. Like I think it makes players feel more special generally because they're the only one who can do this thing. Everyone can do anything. Then the best players will just like buy all the good shit and do the good shit. And then the other players won't get to do anything. But if players are limited by their abilities, then every player has like a value to the team, which I think is really cool. Um, And also like, because all the guns are the same and like, so the gunplay is the same for every character except for if you're using abilities for anything. Like, I feel like the classes are more like an icing on the cake than like a, wow, I'm so limited, right? Like, you still can buy all the guns. Sure. 
Sure. So if you're an Overwatch guy, do you play oh, yeah. this? You yeah, think? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. My friend, uh, one of my good friends, he loves Overwatch, like obsessed with Overwatch, but he started like really getting bored of it and hating it because of where the game has gone. And he loves Valorant. He really loves it. So, I mean, yeah. but granted, he had a big like he had a big uh, hill to climb, right? Because he was playing like Overwatch, where you like run around corners, you fast peek, you like go for it. This is a big difference between this game and Overwatch, Halo, those kinds of games. This is like a Twitch shooter, right? You die right. fast. You get like many of the guns kill you in one shot if you get headshot. And there's a gun called the well, Op that this- kills you no matter where you get shot. It's like the best, the most expensive sniper rifle. It's the best gun in the game. But like it kills you in one hit, right? Like this is not a you right. you do a, like a long gunfight. This is a you do a quick gunfight and then you probably get killed from a different angle because they're gonna try and kill trade you. <laughs> well, in the current mode, there's no respawn in Correct. the game. Besides right? the like, resurrection, barring that yes. healer. Yeah, yeah, no, you play a round, but the rounds are short, right? The rounds are like a maximum of a few minutes, so. You play, so you like die, you watch your team, you make some callouts maybe if you want to, and then you're back for the next round. So, like, the, Actually, the curve is a, really interesting. I'm no, sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. What were yep. you going to say? That's a question I didn't ask you that I wanted to ask you. Um, how long does it take to play a game? Of a Valorant? whole game is actually can be quite long. It can be 30 minutes to an hour, I would say. Maybe 30 to 45. Because you have. You have a maximum of 24 25 rounds. rounds. Yeah, 25, which is, which is long, right? Rounds. That's 25. I think the timer starts at four minutes. I think the max length around could be four minutes or something. Right. So theoretically, it could be right. pretty long. What's your, what's your let's say, a, a generalized average, how long you generally feel the games feel like take? 20 to 30 minutes. 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, which doesn't okay. feel long. Like, so, they feel like a great length. Like, it's hard for me when I'm like, I want to play again, but it's going to be kind of long to say, like, it's going to be too long. I'm usually like, nah, let's just go for it. Interesting. Cool. Um, skip. Want to ask you about, so you jumped yeah, into yeah, the ranked mode. Matchmaking. Yeah, let's talk about matchmaking a little bit. Um, how do you, what are your initial impressions? Do you feel <laughs> like, how does that work? It's bad. Do you have any insight? In, have they told you anything about, have they talked about at all like yes, how it yeah, works? Yeah. I anything? talked about it a little bit with the article I talked about last week. But um, basically, the way the skill-based matchmaking works is the lower rank you are, the more your personal performance matters. And also, the decisiveness of victories always matters. So if you win 13 to 0, you will get significantly more rank than if your team wins 13 to 10, for example. Um, hmm, and okay. yeah, we, and I've seen direct evidence of the personal skill mattering. For example, me and one of my friends and another one of our friends played all of our five ranked placement matches together. Um, the, our third friend is very good. So he consistently was top frag and had a ton of kills. He got placed. We went three and two. We won three and lost two. So you would expect to get placed at like a semi average rank. Like if, if it's, I think it goes bronze, silver, gold, platinum, something, Valorant. I don't know. But like I would have expected to go three and two and perform like average to get placed somewhere in like bronze, I would think. Um, that is not what happened. Um, we got placed at, so my friend, I got placed in iron one, which is the lowest possible rank. My friend got placed in iron three or two, which is the, just within the lowest possible rank. And then our friend who did really good got placed in bronze three, which is like the highest level of bronze. So that's a pretty small spread for initial placement, which makes me worried about the skill distribution for ranked at the beginning. It's going to be really unhealthy. And this is a problem rocket league had too, when they used to do hard resets. So, yeah, okay. How, so your impression so far? You said initially it's 
you don't like. I, I mean, I just don't think I'm getting very balanced matches. matches. Um, like the majority of the matches I play seem very one sided. I rarely play matches that feel close. Either we get stomped or we stomp. So what you're saying is your super good teammate, you would have expected to be higher than bronze? I would, well, one, I would have expected us all to be closer together. I was surprised we were that split. Like he was a whole, there's a, like, there's a rank between iron and bronze, I believe. So he was a rank between, I think. Oh, really? I don't know. But if I'm iron one and he's bronze three, right? That's like six, six division difference, right? That's a pretty wide spread for playing all of our matches together. Um, yeah. and to go three and two, which means we went positive in our placements and to still get placed in the very bottom rank is pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Do you have any general consensus, like what other people are saying about the ranked mode so far? Like a lot of people are very surprised even with just their, like low, how low their placement was. Um, that's the main okay. thing I've gleaned from it. Um, I just, I see this problem of like, yeah, it's just the batches don't feel very balanced. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe they need to work on their skill algorithms, like how they're calculating the skill of people. That could be a big problem, right? Um, so, right. Yeah. Well, it's a beta, so hopefully yeah, it, they can square some everything things Everything is getting reset, actually, at the end of the beta, so it's okay. How, how long does the Until beta last? Until the game comes out, as far as I know. Oh, yeah, okay. and, and they're resetting everything. Well, that means like all ranks will get reset, all your stats, all your agents, all your money you've spent. You actually get if you spend any money on cosmetics or agents or anything, you get it all back plus twenty percent when the game comes out. So that that convinced oh, me to dope. spend money. I've spent a reasonable amount of money because I was like twenty percent. I can't resist. <laughs> yeah, once again, this is a free to play right. game, but has uh, these kind of uh, cosmetic rewards. Uh, these kind very of similar to Fortnite. You, yeah. Kind of, did you, you were mentioning though, it had some of the league aspects to it that you'll be able to like get. Right. Yeah. You don't, you start with like a limited pool of agents. You start with five and then over time you unlock them as you play. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think those were some of the main things I was interested in. Are there any things that you think you still want to say about it? Um, I think one uh, thing we can talk about before we wrap this up is just their, uh, their marketing scheme and their like beta scheme, I think is very interesting and it's maybe worth discussing, right? So just an overview of it and then you can tell me what you think about it. So basically how this worked was they originally had verified Twitch streamers, like specific ones, um, have drops enabled. So as those streamers streamed Valorant, you had a random chance if you watched their stream to get a drop. Then they expanded it to all streamer or all verified stream, all partnered streamers had drops enabled. And then they expanded it to all Valorant streamers had drops enabled. And they just like people could get drops by playing those games. What do you think about that? Like marketing scheme and that like system? Um, it's definitely super interesting. I mean, the like on, w- on one hand, them being right and them executing it this way is, is I think it's a, cool way of doing it it's it's sort of the this sort of community driven form of marketing kind of reminds me a little bit about like how apex went about marketing themselves like you know apex just showed out out of nowhere with just a bunch of big streamers streaming although like this this is different Um, because the the playing the game is literally barred behind watching these streamers you cannot pay for the game like i was if i could have paid like 60 bucks to just get the beta i would have done it like three four weeks ago yeah, the interesting. So if you, I, I totally agree. The what's interesting about that is I don't. I wonder. I, I think there's a couple of smart moves on that front. One is by forcing, in a sense, by forcing people to watch the game. You know, you uh, 
you get some amount of insight into it before drops start happening because my guess is Riot could probably start controlling drops to some extent, right? I'm so sure like, they are. They release like waves, I'm assuming, you know? or on a timer. I'm sure they have right. a system in the back that's t- controlling that. It's just like you get... So uh, the benefit of an influencer right away initially is that the community that's following them trusts and and appreciates at least the, their perspective for, for what it is to a, a greater extent than just some random YouTube video or random marketing trailer that you see on Reddit right. or something, right? So to have a person, to have an influencer that you follow, be playing it, explaining, walking through the game or whatever is already a very initial, very a strong hook, engaging hook. There's also all of the community, uh, I say mechanics, but I don't know if that's the you. right word, around this, right? Like the, like I was saying initially, I think a lot of people are just generally curious and might try this out just because there's a, a lot of hype, a lot of talking about this game going right. on. And I, th- I think a big reason to that, uh, that that has, uh, that's hit the magnitude that it's had, I guess, is because of this that they're doing right. Like I don't, I I think that it has definitely helped increase word of mouth, um, and that the, I don't know the community a group of people driving hype around this thing. Um, now my question is though, <laughs> will this hype like die? Right, like this is interesting because this is long-ish before release, right? So. And if people are barred from playing the game, like some, like I'm sure some people churned and didn't get beta access, right? Like, are these people going to come back when the game comes out? Is the game going to like come out to a hype reception, or did the hype already explode and now it's just going to be faded by the time the game actually releases? It's hard to say. I mean, I don't know if I really can accurately. Like if my opinion is worth too sure. much on this because I'm I I feel pretty outside of the demographic of this game, um, right. generally. So I'm not sure. I I could definitely see what you're saying happening. The other thing that's interesting is that they're going to be releasing in summer 2020, when especially given the current circumstances in the world, like usually you have an E3, you have big gaming news coming out in summer. Granted, a lot of times that's more what I would say like console side of things, if you will, um, in a lot of ways. But it's still big AAA studios talking about games. Um, I, Cyberpunk is on its way, yeah, but right? Riot's like there are big games too. coming. Like League of Legends is like the most they, no, played game are, in the world, are. one of them. So there's no way but that they like give a, a shit. Like they win that battle, I think. So that's almost good for, for them. From a perspective, but from a perspective of the hype part that you're talking about, like where a person's, where does a person's attention go in that time frame? If you play the beta, you enjoy it, but then your attention becomes captured another way. Does it die? That was That's your initial question. No, like, I was talking I'm about saying, people who didn't get the beta, maybe. but this is really interesting. You're saying people who did get the beta may like fade their interest and then new things will come out when the game's actually releasing and it'll actually lose player base on release. That totally could happen. Because if you play it, and you have the, especially if you're, you were saying, I, I liked what the insight you got, you brought around the, what a CSGO player would think playing this. Like if you're a person who's just kind of trying out, checking it out, you find some of the initial limitations that disinterest you, not enough maps or whatever, like you were saying. Um, and then your attention becomes captured by all of these other things that you don't have. There's definitely an amount of like novelty and hype that captures you the initial time, yeah. right? The first time that it's now gone. has been lost. So I don't necessarily think those people will 
not ever come back to it or try it out, but I, I could see a reality where um, they maybe up, upon release, you know, right. decide not we'll to see. go ham on it. I, although I will say the free to play, the free to play aspect of it's going to help right. it a lot. Totally. Yeah. People will try right. it just cause it's free. Like yep. it's easy to jump um, into it. Cool. I am. Yes. Um, I think so. We'll it's see. interesting though, that, that with this marketing scheme and all of that, that they, um, they push that it's an interesting like collaboration with Twitch, right? Like that could be a thing going forward. We could see. And, um, I just think that's cool. And I think I'm going to make a prediction here, a Skylar guarantee. I think the way Riot is going to build hype for this game on release is to support it thoroughly with large esports tournaments. So I can guarantee you either on release, there'll be a huge invitational tournament or very soon after that will, they will try and use to generate hype around the game. I think that's their path yeah, to like the marketing right. of the game's release. Because right now they're not hosting competitive tournaments. I think tournaments that are hosted are casual. That's like th- what they should do on release. If they want this game to be popular, they need to support the esports very thoroughly. Because this is a game built for esports, yeah. right? Like, and I, th- uh, I don't doubt they will. Right? Yeah, I agree with you. They'll they'll go ham on that for sure. I I think it's interesting though if you're saying there was one point when you were talking about that the game was maybe designed to be a, a little easier to get into. And you see some of the Fortnite kids running around playing it like team deathmatch and stuff like e- an esports event is always cool to everybody, but it definitely caters more towards a, like if you know, you're not going to necessarily watch or get interested in that. If you just want to go chill and hang out with friends, but it doesn't sound like I don't know. My initial impression was that this I, I game agree. I don't was think it's more for of a the. It's not really game. for the Fortnite uh, kids who want to run around to get kills. And I'll tell you a big thing that I think proves that. Right. Riot has said they have zero plans. They, in fact, they plan not to push this game to consoles. First of all, and second of all, they have no plans to, for controller support at all. They have no interest in supporting controllers. So, I mean, if you're forcing people right. to mouse and keyboard because that's the most competitive way to play FPSs, like you're already like basically saying, look. If you're not serious about this game, like if you want to play on controller or on console, then just don't play. Is basically what they've said. Just one last thing I'll say too is um, League of Legends has experienced a lot of success. Yes, in yep. Asia, right? Um, I I wonder if this is a game. I'm I'm sure it's going to be big in North America and the United States and everything where we are. Like to some extent, for sure, because it's like you said, it's Riot. <laughs> uh, it's a it's not a broken game, per like per this discussion. As this discussion shows, they'll tw- they'll work out some stuff out of the beta. I'm sure it'll get even better. Um, but maybe, especially, I was just thinking because you were talking about that the what they're going to support and what they're not going to support. That I I think there's we 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 should think it, listeners should kind of consider. This is going to well, be like a global Well, can I tell you, interestingly, game, you point out this right? Asia thing. This is thing. not just... Uh, Valorant beta is only in America, yeah. South America, and Europe. It has no Asia yet. Yes. Oh, really? It's in right Korea now? right now, but I don't think that was the whole time. But it, it, it is the most supported in North America, and then second most supported in Europe. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I just... I... I uh, now FPSs uh, are way bigger was, um, in Europe and America. Though. There has been Golden. never been like a huge FPS community in Asia compared to America and Europe. Asia is more about like MOBAs and um, and RTSs. So maybe that's why that because they know that their main market is Europe and America. No, it's true. 
but you do got stuff you do you do have stuff got stuff you do have stuff like crossfire over in asia that's pretty big i don't know uh we'll we'll see i'm just i'm just saying this is i think this thing's gonna have a i mean riot has the money to make that happen so it'll just Um, be up to their support of the esports of the game to see how far it reaches like are they gonna do like a world tournament if they do that then yeah it'll be global Anyway, where can people find us to tell us their opinions about Valorant? They can find us on our Discord. The easiest way to find our Discord is go to our website, koalaentertainment.com, and click on the Discord link because, unfortunately, Discord verification Ooh. is still not back up. Uh, so, koalaentertainment.com links to all our social media, including Instagram, Twitter. Those handles are koala underscore ENT. And like I was saying before, if, you ha- if you're listening to this and you want to play Valorant, Come watch the stream. Skylar regularly streams Valorant. You can get your. Yeah. Uh, if I'm key not streaming Valorant, dropped. just like ask in the Discord for me to stream it, and I will. I'll I'll pop on. Like that's fine. Just let me know. Yep. Let us know. Get your key. Um. And uh, have a good yeah. time in the stream. Uh, well, well, thanks yeah. for listening. Tune in next week for skill based matchmaking part two. Uh, feel free to send us more feedback on skill based matchmaking before then, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Right now. See you.